Well, hello and welcome to another episode. I'm Alexander. I'm Simon. And we are still knee-deep in tech. Today we come to you from sunny-ish Jönköping, about an hour's drive south of Linköping, where we've decided to check in on our colleagues here. We have a regional, um, what do you call it, a regional solutions thingy about cloud stuff so it's a, a cloud club it is a cloud club cloud club is a very good name for yeah. it actually and that's the name of this episode cloud club cloud club score well we've managed to settle that thing we have a few other voices around the table today i'd like to introduce them we have jonas lonvin he's the actually uh, got the the title cloud solutions architect which is a very good thing since we're discussing cloud yes we have Tobias Keitsch, a solutions architect, uh, unreasonably well-versed in all things Office 365 and Azure. Everybody knows Simon. And then we have our favorite, Finn, Tony Holopainen. He's a bit like our Stig. <laughs> he is very much like our Stig. Some say. Some, Some say. say. <laughs> very well. So, so, you're looking at me and I bet you're... Asking me to say something? I am. You should be the moderator of this. I am the moderator, which is something <laughs> I take very seriously today. Um, we have quite a few things to, to discuss. And uh, I'd like to kick off today with... Um, let's let's go with the Windows Phone thingy. <laughs> yeah, let's start with that. I just got a, um, an RSS feed uh, from OnMSFT with the headline, do Windows phone owners have a harder time dating? I would say yes, every day of the week, but I want to hear this. <laughs> How the freak is that relevant in any way possible? <laughs> and and it's a Reddit thread. Uh, and apparently there's a Windows phone user that states that I haven't had sex since 2011 when I got my first <laughs> Windows phone. Now I know why. Um, and, and it's something about people with Windows phones being incompatible with girls with iPhones. I was about to say being incompatible with pretty much everything else. <laughs> yeah, now including go. women. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm uh, leaving evidence that it works. No. Yeah, I've got a Windows phone as well. Silence. Yeah. Do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> yeah, I do. Does she have an iPhone? Yes. Yeah. So Reddit is wrong. <laughs> Was that before or after Windows Phone? <laughs> yeah, because I met her before. No. <laughs> I think I married before I got the Windows Phone. Yes. Yeah, this was the reason why we should have left this for last. <laughs> Not start off oh with this. God. So, apparently in the US, it's harder to date if you have a Windows Phone, which would explain why they aren't selling that good. There's a there's a saying that is correlation does not imply causality, which I'd be very happy to apply in this case. On the other hand, I like the premise that Windows Phone makes you less attractive, because I think <laughs> this is the truth. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. Oh, I, I I continue to read this article and it it gets even better. Does it now? I'm currently in a, a rel in a relationship with my Windows phone. Fast, fluid, and good-looking, baby. So, let's change the subject to cloud, please. Yes, let's. Okay. Um, Tony, we've, uh, we had an interesting discussion yesterday discussing Azure AD in, yep. in general. 
Um, since I'll be teaching the uh, 20533 Azure Infrastructure course in Malmö next week. But we also touched on the subject of converting from classic to resource manager yeah. and how everything might not be quite as straightforward and easy as one would like. Could you elaborate? Absolutely. Uh, in the last guest appearance, we talked about uh, that I was about to do this, the first migration in production from, mm -hmm. uh, from classic to uh, resource management. And um, that has been done now. So I got a few good uh, tips and hints and ideas on what's going well and what is not going as well. Okay. So uh, there are some prerequisites that need to be uh, fulfilled. As I said, there is a tool that actually makes these checks for you. And the tool is called? Uh, it's a PowerShell command that you run in Azure just right, to right. verify your environment prior to actually migrating anything. So it will go through all the setups that you have and all the configuration and make sure that it is compatible with RM. Good. So you have to do some uh, manual steps in this case, uh, the production environment. You had to remove all the backups, stop all backup jobs, remove all the backup agents from every single VM that has been backed up, and also and this I don't really understand why, remove the background info. So that extension is not compatible with migration. BG info stuff. Yeah, so that had to be removed prior <laughs> to doing the actual migration. And I, know, I don't really see why. And I actually didn't do that because it was only a warning, not a critical error in this case. So you lose BG info while you do this migration. All right. Uh, the other thing that was a little bit troublesome was that you have to remove all your availability sets as well. So those need to be taken down prior to doing the migration. And there is a slight issue with this. <laughs> yeah, the issue is that once you have completed your migration, uh, which in my case, I think it took a total about 90 minutes to two hours, right? Uh, just to click through all these things and remove the agents and stuff. And this was like a 20 virtual machine environment. Okay. So uh, once you have finished your migration, you can't just simply um, put these uh, new availability sets up and include your virtual machines in there. Which you can do in Classic. In Classic, you can put a machine in and out of an availability group yeah. on the fly, pretty much. Yeah, it, it just requires a reboot, I think. Right. Yeah. And how do you do that in, in uh, Resource Manager? In Resource Manager, you have to actually uh, put the machine in a availability group at creation time. So oh. when you create your virtual machine, you assign it to an availability set. You cannot change that setting afterwards. So when you convert from Classic to Resource Manager, how do you put it into an availability group? You will have to delete your virtual machine and save the hard drive. Then you create a new machine, which is included in an availability set, and attach the hard drive to that machine. There is so much happiness around this table at the moment. <laughs> Superb. Now that's that, that's pretty crappy. But there has yeah. to be like a, a script solution for that yep. out there. Yeah, well, there's. I suppose there are scripts that create new VMs and attach existing hard drives to them. Sure. At the moment, you cannot put in a machine, put a machine into an availability group without recreating it in the resource manager portal. You can do it in the classic, but you can't do it in the resource manager, which is a bit of an oversight, I'd say. Yeah, and that's not that's not the only limitation either. Oh, really? As we, <laughs> as we discovered, pretty much like this week. Yes. Jonas is taking notes like a maniac. <laughs> uh, 
the other little thingy uh, that I had an, a little experience with was to try out this, uh, the domain services Ooh. in Azure Active Directory. So I have actually tried that very briefly for a few months ago, and I suppose it worked just fine. All right. But once we move to Resource Manager, that becomes an issue, because you cannot create domain services in Resource Manager. That is only possible in the Classic Portal today. But then you can create it in the Classic Portal and... But you cannot associate it with your network, which is in Resource Manager. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> And uh, while doing some research on this subject during the week, I also discovered that the product group has uh, already acknowledged this problem. And they cannot say when it will be fixed or introduced in RM, but they say that it is a highly prioritized uh, activity for them. I guess so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> OK, so that's, that's a bit so of an issue. Hopefully, it will be solved sooner rather than later, I'd say. Interesting. Very much interesting. Okay, speaking of interesting technical stuff, Jonas, you had thrown, a, thrown an eye on the Azure Stack. Well, yeah, yeah. well, thrown an, an eye, I wouldn't say, but I, I read some articles because it was released <laughs> this 1st of March. Um, and that's... You had a couple, a couple of days. days. <laughs> yeah, I had yeah. a couple of days. And I got a question from Alexander uh, saying to me that, please, can you mention something great about the cloud uh, in this episode? So why not talk about something that we have on-prem instead? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Um, so the Azure Stack Technical Preview 3 has been released the 1st of March, um, which is quite interesting. It should be the last technical preview before the final one that is supposed to be released in, uh, in summer. Or oh, mid, really? Or mid-2017, yep. I would say. Um, that's, that's probably going to be a game changer. Yeah, probably, yeah. All right. So, but we had heard that before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, to mention another thing that's really important, I would say, uh, at least for uh, uh, the partners out there that's working a lot of with Cisco, mm -hmm. is that Cisco has now announced support for Azure Stack. Yeah, on UCS. Yes, yeah. on UCS. Mm -hmm. That's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. yes. That's going to be very interesting, uh, considering the fact that Cisco do the, the one of the best servers out there in the UCS stack thingy. Interesting. Have you seen anything, any any changes in TP3 that changes from, from TP2 and stuff like that? Uh, not really in architecture, but we, they're continuously adding new features and, right. and, and, uh, and so on and so forth. But um, uh, one of the most interesting things from my side mm -hmm. is the, the business model for, for Azure Stack. That has been up for uh, discussion uh, a lot of times. So how would the customers pay for the services that they are using in Azure Stack? Right. So uh, a couple of blogs I've read uh, through now, and they're still talking about uh, paying for the services in a cloud economics model. Could you elaborate on what a, a cloud economics model? Basically, means? the same thing uh, that we are using for Azure in the public cloud. So you, you pretty much pay as you go. Yeah, pay as you go uh, with the... Uh, was the, it something uh, like pay as you use? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good pay point. Pay as you use, yeah. Mm. Uh, but still, we're, it's connected to the, uh, the same agreements that you have for, for Azure. So it's a consumption model uh, connected to the same agreements that you have in for okay. the public cloud. Interesting. Very much interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, in this case, the customer will pay for the hardware. Right. So the question will still be, 
what will be the rates for this yeah i would say have there been any discussion about licensing for azure stack as of yet does anybody have a clue no no because that's going to be an interesting thing as well uh, i mean everyone needs to to um, make some money on it not only microsoft and not only the the, the provider so yeah that, that's going to be interesting okay so you you're thinking that azure stack would be released sometime around summer yeah okay would you say that you think and this is a question for all of you Will Azure Stack be feature complete, so to speak, on release, or are we going to see um, small incremental changes to, to the feature set uh, as, as the product matures? Good question. Uh, I, I would say that it, it's so similar to what we see in Azure, so it will probably be updated in almost the same manner. All right not in the same pace of course because you probably will be able to choose your own pace but that, that's I, I have two interesting questions there the first one is uh, the first thing I heard was that the uh, Azure SQL database was not going to be uh, included yeah and that's that's probably an issue and the second thing is how do you handle the the updating you need to stay in cadence with the big Azure cloud. Yeah. yeah. How do you force that? And should you force it or should you not force it? So very many questions. Very interesting product, but we basically don't know shit. Yeah. It's a definitely gap of information there yeah. um, about version handling between the different services yeah. that we have in the public cloud and when it's coming down to the Azure stack. And will that be the same version or yeah. what but, will happen? But couldn't it be like Intune, for example, that yeah. you get a connector to Azure and then you can install the features you want based on that and you get unsupported if you go too many versions back? That's that's quite an interesting solution to the to the problem as well. Yeah, because that, that works really great in Config Manager today. It does? Yeah. And my, my uh, finally, and this is purely speculation, the lack of communication or the, the uh, information gap as you put it is this due to the fact that Microsoft don't have the answers or don't want to share the answers as of yet you think or have it decided yeah. or have it decided on whether they have the answers or they <laughs> <laughs> no since I've, I've heard those who say that Azure Stack is not nearly done yet and they are rushing it and some say that no, 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 it's 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 done, it's perfectly good, but they don't want to say anything about it as of yet. Any any ideas? Any thoughts? Could a cloud service be done at any point? Which is a very good point. Yeah. Is the cloud service ever done? I think I think it's reasonably reasonably done for like the classic yeah. cloud stuff, putting up virtual machines. Mm -hmm. That's, oh, yeah, that, yeah. They are probably done with that. Um, I think they're only deciding on what pass services or SaaS services they will include. Right. And how they will manage that. Right. So so you're saying that the infrastructure as a service thing is pretty much just incremental small changes yeah, probably. here on forward. That's something they have done for ages. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's a good point. 
And uh, I can mention one more thing about the, um, the different services that will be available in Azure Stack. Mm -hmm. And that is that we have templates now that we can actually develop for the public cloud, but they have, uh, with policies, removed the things that will not be available in Azure Stack. Mm -hmm. So you can actually develop services today in the public cloud and use the same templates for Azure Stack. Oh, that's good. I mean, you, you say templates, you mean JSON templates. Yeah. Ooh, hello. That's going to be pretty useful. Yeah, that's really good. I like it. So we are switching the hot chair to our. Are you the youngest? Are you <laughs> younger than Simon? <laughs> no. Seriously? Around this, around this table. No. Probably. You're freakishly old. <laughs> okay, so you just had. Kaich and freakishly old in the same sentence. <laughs> this is hilarious. But you, you, you aren't born in the 90s. No, I'm not. No, then you're old. All right. I'm born in 89, so. There oh. you go. <laughs> and he's what, 1998? 1990. No. <laughs> <laughs> 1990. All right. right. So, uh, so you Tobias, you were yeah. talking about um, changes in licensing for Office 365. Yeah, exactly. Um, there have been um, development about the licensing options for Office 365. And they have released two weeks ago a preview for the uh, group licensing function in Azure. Is it a public preview or a private preview? It's a public preview. Public preview, okay. Yeah, exactly. So now you can assign a license option to a group so you get this uh, licenses to the group per automatically within minutes. And before we have created scripts that manage all this, but now you just go to the Azure portal, log into the tenant uh, and assign licenses to groups that you created before. Oh, as opposed to um, putting the licenses on specific users. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh dear. Well, that's about time, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep, they um, talked about it for like two years or something. And suddenly it happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, exactly. But you need a paid subscription to apply it to um, groups and paid Azure, so uh, Azure AD. Azure AD Premium. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Who's so. not using Azure AD Premium anyway? Schools. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh. I'm pretty much also wondering why do they even have the basic one still around? I mean, ev every every feature is uh, dependent on having the premium yeah. subscription anyway. They, they so. need to offer something to get an Azure AD. So they, yeah. But they could go for free and premium. They could. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so that, that's going to pretty much remove the need for a whole lot of scripts. Yeah. A lot of work about the Office 365 today is about making these scripts. Oh. So it's going to be much cheaper for the customers and much easier to implement Office 365. So it's going to be less work intensive to maintain your Office 365 yeah. environment. Okay. Can you see any, any disadvantages of doing it this way? Not really. <laughs> Considering the fact that you're a consultant, that's a disadvantage yeah, in that way. But, but for the customers, no. No? Okay. Cool. Just add or remove the user from the group and you have license adjustments within minutes. Yeah. And that works with synchronized groups as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because that, that's 
a big part of it. Like you when you have an on-prem AD, right. and an Azure AD, right. you want to synchronize right. licenses with that. We have so a lot of customers that works with um, attributes, and we license depending on the attributes, but we just have to uh, convert them to manage uh, in to groups, groups instead. instead. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. If you have uh, MIM or FIM mm -hmm. or other uh, applications that can manage groups for you, then it's uh, Homera. Nice. Yeah. And you, you said something very interesting, and that was when you remove someone yeah. from the group, it also removes the license. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. But as a point of uh, that is that if you remove the license, you remove the mailbox and OneDrive and so forth as well. So you need to have a good check on the groups that you don't remove users. Oh, so what you're saying is that you can yep. have a few um, oops. Yeah, a lot of oops. moments <laughs> if you start to remove. Okay. So. So that that pretty much brings uh, me to my second question. That is. Have there been any changes to auditing and, and visualization of of this through I don't know OMS or whatever you need or you use to to check out who's got what license, what licenses are um, assigned to what groups and so on and so forth. Any changes there or no, not really. Okay. Um, this is well in the Azure portal you can see all the licenses and which groups and users that have that license of right. course. Um, but it's been that uh, way back as well. Right. But if you only watch the licenses through Office 365 portal, go and uh, log into portal.azure.com and enter your uh, Azure Active Directory. So what you're saying is that this is a good change that will not require or necessitate any more um, any any better ways to keep track of your licenses? It, um, it's pretty much business as usual. Yeah, I think a lot of work for us is going to disappear. As a Which is a good thing. Repetitive, boring work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we have a, a former colleague. <laughs> no, we we talked about not bringing that up. He's an MVP on Office three sixty five. So the question is, was he, what's he going to do now when these things go away? Well, we won't mention his name. <laughs> he knows who he is. He's a good guy. I'm sure he can find some other scripts to tinker with. <laughs> Isn't that what MVPs do? Speaking of scripts. Speaking of scripts. Um, uh, since we actually did the move to RM recently, right. uh, I also had the opportunity to try out some Azure automation. Oh, nice. Because this uh, customer was actually beginning to complain a little, um, squeak here and there about costs um, getting out of hand. What so kind of costs? Uh, running costs for machines in Azure. Okay. So they were not getting less, they were just getting more and more expensive as time goes by. Oh, for different reasons, I suppose. Right. I, I bet they are consuming as well. So, uh, so the customer wanted us to uh, 
try out some new automation stuff, uh, which means in their case that we shut down the machines during nighttime. So outside of office hours, um, developer machines will be automatically shut down. Right. And before uh, the employees come in at the morning, the machines will be uh, booted back up again. Mm -hmm. So I found pretty much uh, in the marketplace uh, ready scripts to do exactly this. Uh, so I just activated pretty much the automation account, uh, imported the script there, uh, scheduled it to run every hour, uh, five past the uh, hour. Um, and then you just tag your VMs uh, with the downtime you want. And yep. that was a very complex uh, and very easy way to um, make sure that the machines are down, say, between 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yep. And also Saturdays and Sundays, the day before Christmas. So it's a very flexible uh, way to uh, tag the machine on which days the machine should be shut right, down. Right. So I, I thought that was a very impressive function, and it was very easy to set up, really. I think it took me an hour just to read up on this and uh, try it out. So it, it works very well. So what kind of uh, savings do you think this is going to bring? <coughs> well, theoretically, if we are counting that we can shut down the machines half of the time, or m even more than that if you include the weekends. Yeah, so yeah. that should, in theory, be half the cost for running the machines. At least a 50% reduction. That's that's nice for yeah. an hour of work. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Which is pretty much the, the first time you need an hour. The second time you're going to be, what, 10 yeah, minutes? Yeah, 5 minutes, 10 minutes. Interesting. And speaking about pricing, Azure Stack pricing model just oh. came out and uh, on Twitter. Really? Oh, to us by Patrick Lons. No charge to install Azure Stack. IAS and PAA pass services are charged on a pay for usage basis. Windows Server can bring your own license or pay for usage. SQL Server is bring your own license. And they are metered on base VM per vCPU minute, Windows Server VM per CPU minute or bring your own license, Azure Storage per gigabyte, no transaction fees, Azure App Services per vCPU minute. Hmm. Interesting. Really interesting. Yep. And very good timing. Thank you, Microsoft, <laughs> for you. that. So what we can, speaking of the, the correlation does not imply causality that we had to begin with, I say that apparently Microsoft knows that we're recording this podcast today <laughs> and thus decided to, to share this information. How about that, Simon? I, I just read something entirely... Yeah, so please ask again. No. No. <laughs> Thank you. Um, speaking of Azure Automation, am I right in saying that you guys have done some stuff with Azure Automation? Yeah. Um, Licensing for Office 365. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. So that's what you've been doing with Runbooks, yeah. which you now can just tear out and, and skip. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, really interesting. Absolutely. So how do you feel having to just throw out all your hours? Heartbroken, <laughs> right. You I do love scripting, so. <laughs> of course you do. So Everyone does that. Speaking of which, you have a Windows phone. Yeah. Which apparently lowers your sexual appeal. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you like scripting, you think this kind of levels the playing field, or how does it work, you think? <laughs> well... I think I'm handsome. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> it's been almost 30 minutes and 
like to thank you all for being thank on the you show. Thank you. Uh, especially since we just dropped in and pretty much tossed this in your lap. Uh, maybe we'll come back and, and uh, as always, just shoot any questions or any, any um, ideas on email. And until next week, see you then. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.